If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, friends. It is Unlocked, episode 378 for the future. We're recording in the past for January 20-something. I don't even know anymore. Can't keep it all straight, but it's the after the Martin Luther King holiday. 22nd. Thank you. You're welcome. 22nd. <laughs> so, we've got a lot to cover. Nevertheless, even though we're recording in the past, uh, big news, the Star Wars project in development at EA that was Amy Hennig's game, morphed into something else. That has now been canceled and morphed into something else. So we'll talk all about that. Plus, a big update for Sea of Thieves that will uh, require an, an unusual step for players to keep on uh, playing it. We've got some news on the public beta for The Division 2 and much more. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my right, get ready for it, Destin Legary. Bam! There hey, everybody. Mortal Kombat Day. We'll get into it. We'll get to that in mo- just a moment. <laughs> Goes up in decibel every week. Yeah. Uh, hey. Destin Bull. Hey, hi. How you doing? Brandon Tyrell. <laughs> Clutching his heart after that. Uh, his- yeah. You sturtled me. <laughs> I got sturtled. Bamality? Bamality. And Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi. Been hanging out with Ed Boone too much. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, big news of, of the, the week that was, hmm. was the Mortal Kombat 11 gameplay reveal live stream. We carried it all here on IGN. We sent our our biggest Mortal Kombat brains belonging to you and, and Mitchell. Mitchell. Yes, down to Los Angeles. And you guys played it for quite a while. Yeah. Please tell us about it because I know there's there's all kinds of videos on IGN. Mm-hmm. Please go. We got a playlist on YouTube with uh, you know fatalities mm-hmm. montage of everybody that's been revealed so far. The story, cinematic. Please go look at that. But Destin, you got to play it. Please yeah. tell us about this video game. So it brings back the tower system that was really really interesting and you can select like modifiers and such that you can add there overall the gameplay uh sorry we didn't really talk about Wait, that the, t- the tower system you're talking about like the story mode. yeah you can yeah. well no not story no. mode. you can just go to a tower and fight various all combatants the all the way to the top <laughs> nothing happened when we actually finished it yeah but that was one of the things we did it's like setting up your own tournament yeah sort of kind of it's just like just CPUs, against right? yeah but just mm-hmm. against cpu yes yeah totally uh, this one adds interesting modifiers, like you could have a skeleton hand come out and hit people. It <laughs> kind of gives us hints about who we might see as playable wow. characters nice. come back. Um, Combat-wise, it's slower. And when Mitchell talked to Ed Boone and asked him about that, he said it might be intentional 
or he said it's intentional for mm-hmm. the footsie game. Mitchell has the exact quote in his article. But yeah, I, I had the same impression. It's slower, more methodical. You have to be more careful with when you decide to take a chance and go into a combo. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how the pros combat each other to Is the it, death. So I watched the... Um, <clears throat> Uh, I'm sorry, I forget his name. It was Sonic Fox versus um, mm-hmm. basically the last match of the of the live stream event, and it looked like I mean at first they came out and they were just beating the crap, the holy living hell out of each other. Yeah, it was crazy and fireworks. And then they went into that footsie game and they started getting really technical about all the different mm-hmm. things you can do now. It yeah, seems, it seems like that zoning game is really yeah. uh, is like a big uh, a big part of Eleven. What one example is there is a new blocking system where you can time a Perfect, block right? perfectly yeah. and then you can build off of that and counter your opponent and go into a combo or something if you hit the right move. And that's going to be really, really interesting, especially for high-level competitive play. Right, because it seems like a good comeback mechanic. Like There is an opportunity there for you to turn things around a little bit easier. Yeah. I think... Whenever I played Mortal Kombat, I'm I'm very casual fighting game player. I just button mash and then maybe learn one combo, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I did it. Um, but it felt like there was not a way to break yourself out, especially because it was so fast paced with ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if they are just kind of taking a little bit of a different direction, I think adding that layer of depth not only helps people maybe get out of something that they couldn't before, but also it just makes I think that pro level play just so much more exciting because there's more tools for them to use mm. i think there was a way to do it with your meter intent to kind of yeah. stop a combo because i know it's an injustice they have the clash system right that gives you a chance to regain life in round two yeah that's also from nether realm it's the superhero mm-hmm. fighting game and uh i'm sure it's going to be there but uh the x-rays in 10 were rarely used at high level play because everybody would use their meter to buff attacks mm. and such. So they've kind of changed the meter system in Mortal Kombat <laughs> 10 and they've given you, you mean 11. Yes, yeah, sorry, in 11. And they've given you the fatal blow mechanic, which right. is basically the x rays from Mortal Kombat 10, but you have it at one yeah. at your disposal. But it's mm-hmm. like the clash system from Injustice 2 where you can use it and if it's blocked, you, it slowly refills over time, right? No, you're, it's gone. You basically get one shot with it. So if you decide to use it and you miss, it's did M and M start playing in your head? Are there for anybody else right there? Miranda knows. Yep. It'll only get one shot. Yeah. Don't ever talk about spaghetti here, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Destin, so you playing the game like watching the stream? I so I I've been I was I've said this before. I was obsessed with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter when they first hit it big in the mm-hmm. in the early 90s and then I just completely fell off of it and I don't really play anymore but that stream yesterday I was laughing hysterically what? at the fit the fit the fatality oh, oh yeah, yeah. and I mean in a good way not yeah. laughing at the game I mean they were just it's so intentionally comical and over the yeah, top over the top yeah. yeah I was just cracking up at my desk how is it to actually pull them off and and uh, when you're playing so they had the, the move sets in the menus, but they actually said that you can just press the last button and it would work. So they were really easy. I would just mm. go mid and like hit the button that, that popped it. They, they probably wanted you to that. see it. They did that for the event. Yeah. So that's why we have them all in 4K60. <laughs> on and uh, yeah, they're, they're great. And they're sort of like you're present at the end of a match yeah. for, for beating your, oppo- your opponent. And I really, really like them. 
I don't know if I have a favorite yet. Mm. I think Baraka's Brain Eat is it's, probably it's, one of so my favorites. It's got a it scorpion's mm. chain thing, right? It's chain thing where really he wraps around the person and it's they so, split them in half. So <laughs> yeah. just needlessly pageantry. I think, mm. I think I have to go with Baraka's though. Like I think that Brain just eat. went. Yeah, like places I did not expect. It's like, oh, you, it's not enough yeah. to rip it out. Like how, how, much <laughs> okay. more, how much farther can he go? Yeah. yeah. Turns I out would, a lot farther. I would pay an extra $10 for the developer edition don't, don't say of this. Mortal Kombat <laughs> yeah. 11, where it just had, remember the whole collector's edition phase, I feel like, trend really, really kicked off and went big with <laughs> Halo 2. Mm. Where they had the silver metallic case and that, mm-hmm. that DVD in it that had a bunch of like making of featurettes and stuff on it. Oh, give me one of those. I, if the I would, mocap dudes, no, I would. <laughs> I, I want to watch video of the meetings in the the meeting rooms at Netherrealm where they. I want to know what they rejected. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know like mm-hmm. what, what did any of them ever go. Whoa, Charles! Yeah. What? Hold on yeah. now. <laughs> Seriously, Charles? Yeah. Jesus! I'm calling HR. Like Charles, talk to someone. You I need would, to talk to someone. I would pay to have been a fly on the wall in the fatality brainstorm meetings and to find out what what got left on the cutting room floor and what how they like started and just kept building up on top of, of one idea after another. Well, well, for this one, you'll notice that they all sort of end with a slow-mo mechanic. Yeah. And Ed Boon actually said it's because he wanted it to almost be a painting that you would hang on your wall. <laughs> so like they, they decided oh, to go with that. And it's sort of a, a new little touch they've been doing. I really like it. Do you guys like the, the slow down, like freeze frame? Yeah. Yes. A, a it helps you appreciate it more. You're like, oh, yeah. yes, the artistry here. <laughs> well, even yeah. outside of that, like I just love that that whole... It makes it feel larger than life because they did this with Injustice 2, right? Mm-hmm. Injustice 2, too. With their outros as well. Throw the batter in. Yeah, or like mm-hmm. they ju- you just finish beating the crap out of the Joker and then you turn around and like walk into a shady alleyway and it kind of slows down and then you get that hero moment. Yeah. And I saw that, um, especially with Garrus, Garrus, Garrus. Like Garrus, like Mass Effect. Garrus, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, new character in Mortal Kombat 11, if you haven't seen the footage yet. Uh, but he just punches someone's face literally into nothing yeah. and then turns around and walks through the sandstorm and I'm like, oh, what a badass. <laughs> yeah. You can customize your intros and outros oh. uh, in the game and there's a whole set of different uh, outfits that you can give each of the characters. Like uh, Sub-Zero had a, a white outfit in a yeah. lot of our footage because uh, I had gone in and messed with that and left the white Forgot suit to on. Turn it back. <laughs> and so he's wearing like a different suit and you're like, oh, that's that's really weird. You don't even know if it's Scorpion or Sub-Zero. So yeah. I actually really did like that customization and yeah. like how they kind of went through it really quickly. It's like, hey, here, look at all these cool combinations that you yeah. can it's ba- do now. It's basically nice. an injustice too, right? It's like you unlock all that, all those, well, these are costumes. Can you can you change individual pieces? Yes, I think the ones that they showed, there's like three pieces you yeah, they can change. Had, don't they have customizable on stat okay. bonuses on them? Wasn't that a thing that Ed walked through during the, the Potentially. Stream? So for context, like the reason I don't really know what happened in the stream is oh. because we kind of had a weird process of we had to meet at a bus stop yeah. then get on a bus and then we were shipped to the event when we got to the event it was standing space only gotcha. so i'm standing in the back i can't understand anything that they're saying mm. and then i'm like hey are you guys opening the gameplay thing soon so i just <laughs> waited in line to uh to play the gameplay and i'm watching the stage sort of trying to understand what they're saying and then mm. uh i watched like the intro on my phone 
(laughs) So I'm still playing catch up a little bit. Well, I couldn't help. Like every time I would see Garrus written, Uh uh, like on IGN after, I kept my brain kept flipping it to Gears. Oh, yeah. And Gears is awesome. And and it just made me think, like, oh, Marcus Phoenix, like this, this, this now MK11 so over the top. We talked about this last week. Yeah, he needs to be in there. And so I tweet that out as just like a dumb thought that, I mean, that I would actually like to see. But oh, yeah. uh, Ed Ed Boone retweets it. (laughs) Cliff Blazinski replies and goes, I support this. And then Rod Rod Ferguson liked it. He replied, so it's just like, if this if Marcus Phoenix ends up in there, it's, I, I it's won't because of you. I'm taking full credit. That's yeah. all. I'm just going on record right now. Thank me later. Yeah, if it yeah. happens, mm-hmm. he not? makes sense in that universe. Now, he does. Now we need the inevitable. What guest characters do we want to see come to MK11? So yeah. I'm sure that feature will be on IGN.com yeah. soon. Right, Destin? Get to work. Spawn. Yeah, I don't have anything else going on. Years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. It looks cool. The game looks great. The The audience interest is huge. We mm. saw massive traffic numbers on IGN yesterday. It's actually really fun up. watching it with everybody, too, because we were actually watching a different stream yeah. a year ahead, mm-hmm. and then we'd be freaking out and then go over to this big 4K TV we have and everyone else is watching. A few seconds then, behind. Yeah, yeah, just like yeah. watching it. It's like, well, how do you react to this? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, were, we were covering it, yeah. So we yeah. were watching one streaming service um, that had no delay on it because we had to be like up to the second uh, and then everyone else was watching the other one, and then Miranda, I would hear Miranda go like, oh, and then she'd hear me go like, oh, come on, and we'd look at each other, and then three seconds later, you hear a whole crowd of people go like, what? No. <laughs> uh, I think it was when just more and more of that face kept coming off oh, yeah. piece by piece. <laughs> yeah, that that was the most surprising thing, I yeah. think. It just kept going. And it just kept kept going. I'm really, I really wish I hadn't said that sentence like on camera, because it was like... Listening to a group of people talk about Mortal Kombat sounds like a bunch of serial killers talking yeah, about I their mean, day. The thing is, at least I know from like our take on it, like we appreciate the absurdity. Yeah, um, a lot of gory things. I'm kind of like on the fence about what with how it's portrayed, and I think in this because it's like even it's weird to say it, but even footing, like everyone's getting just as equally hurt in this. Oh yeah, and it's just. Yeah. just so extreme that it makes it really fun and like you know like even with like the slowdowns like the way they portray everything is it it's meant to be you know f- funny nevertheless it's, yeah. it's gonna piss off oh, so oh, sure. many oh, for I sure. mean I totally understand so, that which like, Mortal Kombat always had yeah. people are already the, writing letters did 10 do did 10 still do that because I know back in the 90s everybody sure. was really mad but I mean, today they're like that's Mortal Kombat I don't let my kids play that <laughs> and that's like, fair like it's yeah. very gory like yeah, yeah don't let a 10 year old play it I yeah. mean if you're full, if you're fine with it, that's fine. But you know. But I think it's okay, and in fact, I think it's important to be able to disti- distinguish between this is way over the top gore, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You can enjoy it for the sort of farce that it is. Mm-hmm. Versus, but like, also go- if you don't like it, that's fine too. Yeah, you don't you don't have to play. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Go find something else. I think I did ask him once if if they had ever gone too far with fatalities, and he's he brought up something. Man, I wish I knew his exact quotes mm-hmm. on the top of my head, but he said something along the lines of. They never try and go too far where it's like uncomfortable. They try and skirt that line yeah. where it is sort of comical almost. Yeah. But yeah, they're terribly gory and awful. But yeah, they're never going to like go into yeah. a terrible well, thing. It's yeah. it's like juxtaposing Mortal Kombat 11 versus like the torture porn, um, you know, big wave of movies that came out like in the early 2000s, right? With like Hostel and yeah. Saw, yeah. where it's like, oh, this kid is in 
Peru and got abducted. Like that is a scary situation. Mm-hmm. You've got two magical warriors from different <laughs> dimensions yeah. ripping each other in half with chains in a parking lot somewhere in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, like, it's fine. <laughs> like I guess. Like everyone knows this. Are is you fake. bringing this back to Eight Mile? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you just got to lose. Eminem an unlockable you character gotta lose in Mortal Kombat 11. Oh man. Yeah. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that it's it's the eyeballs that always get me. Oh, you see them yeah. like oh, yeah. popping out. Just mm. like, yeah, Bar- Baraka's fatality. You like sticks this thing in your face, and you're like, oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and then it goes all the way through, through the and there's an eyeball on the end of it. You're like, oh, yeah, that's way worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but once again, I mean, you know, it's a testament to not only the the quality of the game that NetherRealm seems to be putting together here, but we talked about this before. There, NetherRealm is doing that. Bethesda Game Studios thing where it's one super talented team, not two, one super talented team that alternates between the two major IPs that right. they that they have, or two major franchises, I guess would be the more accurate term. And you know, we see people get super fired up for Elder Scrolls and Fallout, the 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 Todd Howard ones, every time they come out, because it it ends up being five, six years between them when they're alternating one one from the other. And it's the same thing with NetherRealm. Mm-hmm. We go from we've been doing Injustice, Mortal Kombat, so it's like it's a nice four year wait yeah. mm-hmm. between the games. So it just builds up. You know, you're ready for a new Mortal Kombat every four years. And the great thing is, is like Bethesda, right? It's even if your particular flavor is Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. if you like Mortal Kombat, you're still gonna like stuff in Injustice, right? Yeah. Similarly, if you like Elder Scrolls, you're gonna find things to like in Fallout. Yeah. I'm a bigger Injustice fan myself. I like mm-hmm. the minutia of Mortal Kombat. All the fatalities, all the character sassy intros, the story. I like all that stuff, but uh, I just don't spend the time to play at a higher level. Injustice, I have my Batman combos with the carry it over from one to two. So I can kind of hop in and actually play at a okay competitive competitive level. In Mortal Kombat, I'm just, I never learned a character. So you, you the reason you like that. Injustice over Mortal Kombat <laughs> is because you spent the time to learn Batman eight years ago? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's and, fair. That's and totally fair. Hey, he's the, you, are, you are entitled. He, he's an excellent character, yeah. and I really, really like him a lot. And yeah, I don't, ha- I don't know that I have the time to dedicate to Black learning Man. to play at a high level in Mortal Kombat yeah. these days. Mm. But that doesn't mean the game's bad. I still love the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. I, I noticed uh, on, on the stream yesterday, when we recorded this, it was yesterday, there were 25 slots on the character yep. selection screen, and we got, what, seven, I seven, think, of the yeah. initial character reveals, so plenty more to come, and obviously <laughs> DLC will add to that. Yeah, what they were- more to go. They were teasing Cabal might be in it, right? Yeah, there's been a few characters teased. Yeah. Cassie Cage, Cabal, Katana, Liu Kang. Okay. Right. Well, there's some Luke, standards that I feel like they're just going to be there. They're, yeah. like they're not I mean, revealed yet, but they have to be there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know Scorpion. So. You know Sub-Zero. You know Liu Kang. Yeah. Like, you know those characters are going to be in there. Kano was on the menu. Yeah. Was he? <laughs> like in Kano was on the menu? In, 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 phrasing, in, that's yeah. literally a fatality. <laughs> with, with Baraka <laughs> in the game, you kind of have to, yeah. Oh, Sonya's <laughs> fatality, for example, is called Get to the Chopra. Yeah, I know. Like, all the names are amazing. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Oh. Can I, how do I get that job of just naming fatalities? <laughs> so I love your idea of a BTS piece about like the brainstorming session Who to come up with. Who watch that? Yeah, like Scott, the intern, is just a superstar in this meeting because <laughs> he spent his entire high school career just doodling in a notebook and, and playing like, Mortal Kombat, and, and now he's got it. But I really want to see like the next step where they're like mocapping this stuff. <laughs> 
like, I don't think you can mocap, but I think you got to hand animate all. Yeah, of that. I, I would just love to see like uh, two people in in like skin tight green suits with foam balls all over them, like pretending to eat each other's brains. That to me sounds like a fun watch. Video games, yes, video games. Like, all did right. they mocap the chopper at the end of her Sonya Blade's fatality? Maybe. Tell me all more. Right. Uh, we're 18 minutes into the show. Let's move past uh, Mortal Kombat. As fun as it is. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. EA's canceled another Star Wars game, sort of, kind of. Uh, this is, in fact, sort of the same game being canceled for the second time, in a manner of speaking. This poor game. You recall last year, Amy Hennig's Star Wars game, codenamed Ragtag, uh, which was going to be an Uncharted-esque, you know, third-person cinematic single-player adventure, uh, which was canned and all of Visceral was, unfortunately, shuttered. In the wake of that, and then uh, the <clears throat> remains of the project, including uh, the assets that had been created, were moved to EA Vancouver, who had been supporting Ragtag, and they were then uh, said to be crafting a new sort of third-person open-world Star Wars game. That's been uh, kicked to the curb, and uh, yeah, so uh, Jason Schreier of Kotaku gets the gets the tip of the hat for breaking this as uh, as his his specialty. And it's it's just 
it's just frustrating. I mean, I will, I guess before I throw it to you guys, I'll add that uh, Jason has learned that there is apparently a smaller scale project that is that has been that is replacing this at EA Vancouver that it's aimed to get out uh, around the around the fall of 2020, which would probably be around the release of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Scarlet. But nevertheless, uh, it's this is just here we go again. EA got, did give a statement to Kotaku. There's been speculation overnight about one of our Star Wars projects as a natural part of the creative process. The great work by our team in Vancouver continues and will evolve into future Star Wars content and games. We're fully committed to making more Star Wars games, etc. spin away from the thing. Yeah. But, you know, not a denial there. That's, you know, all but effectively confirming the Schreier's report. And it, it's just, if you're a Star Wars fan or an EA shareholder, you've got to just yeah. be throwing your hands up in the air at this mm-hmm. point and going, what the heck? Yep. <laughs> no, no response. I, here's the, the thing: is like, what can you say? Like, what can you say about this situation? I wish so, Amy Henning was still writing it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fatigued by this story, to be honest. Yeah. Cancel, cancel, I, cancel. And it's like, I, I would have liked to play more Star Wars games. That would have been nice, but it's just not happening. And I kind of give up on EA figuring out how well, to make it happen. That's a crazy thing. They've had the license for over half the. 10-year run yeah, that they're supposed to have Six it. years in to a 10-year exclusive arrangement. They've got a and, pair of Battlefront games. And a mobile game. And a mobile game. That's it. And they've got Fallen Order coming holiday 2019. If the, Probably. If they stick to that release cadence oh, so, or schedule. That? Yeah. And that is, uh, that is from the director of God of War 3. That game will probably be really good because, I mean, Respawn's whole track record is... Outstanding, and not Very just good. not just as respawn, but you know that's the bulk of that team was Infinity Ward. So there's a lot of talent in that building, uh, and so that there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about about Jedi Fallen Order. Though, remember, it still technically hasn't been formally announced. It was announced from the peanut gallery. Oh, right. Yeah. Vince announcing it from his seat at EA's press conference. The, uh, yeah, but there is a website that says coming ho- like holiday 2019. So that's as good of an announcement as you can get without a trailer and what, details. This is what the game is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> we know it's, yeah. By all accounts, it's it's going to be a third person. It's it's heavy action. You know, the me- third it's person for the studio. Action. It's the Metroid Prime the thing. Like we have details, we have information. We don't know what that game but is. I guess- and I'm curious because like Respawn's a first person shooter development primarily now mm-hmm. with that pedigree from Infinity War as well. Like. Are we going to have another first-person Star Wars game? Is that what Fallen no, Order I mean, is going to be? No, I don't think so. It's, uh, uh, it's Stig, and I can't remember. I can never remember his last name. I always just think of him as Stig, who was the, the director on God of War 3. This is his project, mm-hmm. not Vince's. And you know, He has plenty of experience in, in third-person combat. But um, yeah, this was the, the sort of thesis that I put to you guys is you know, EA and Star Wars, what went wrong? Because if you're Disney... Yay. I think it. Well, hold on. It, it it makes a lot of sense. If you're Disney, you've acquired the, you've bought Star Wars outright. You want to get a lot more Star Wars projects going. Hey, that means video games as well because Lucas Arts was shuttered. Well, okay. What do we do here? Well, you know what? EA is one of the largest publishers in the world. They're offering us a ton of money for a for a Madden like exclusivity arrangement. Cool. We'll just sign this deal with them. And now here we are, and it's uh, it's. Hennig's game gone. Uh, the the Vancouver version of, of it Hennig's gone. gone. Uh, I'm probably leaving out a, a cancellation here or there too. Probably. I feel like I feel like there's there's more that I'm even forgetting. But it 
So I, I just don't, I mean, making games is extraordinarily difficult. Mm. We, we don't even, we know that without it, we, we, but we don't even know the full extent of it without being game developers. But this feels like corporate mismanagement. I'm not saying that's what it is because, again, I don't no, work it, at EA, I don't, but it's just like it doesn't feel like it's the developer's fault on this mm-hmm. stuff. Exactly. Like it seems like project mismanagement on the EA side. I don't know what the hell's going on over there, but the fact that these cancellations have been so public because like they'll talk about them and then they cancel them. Or no, actually the Henning project was leaked, right? But then you she, they let no, go of her. Well, no, I mean she they left. As far as the a, a public announcement of the cancellation or of the project <laughs> of begin, the project to begin with. Well, remember they showed at uh at uh, E3. Yeah, there was that real Or was it Celebration Star Wars? One of those two. They had you know it was that literally like 6 seconds of a character coming out. It was E3. Thank you. Yeah. So it yeah. was publicized. Yeah, it was, it was. There was no title or anything, but it was. Yeah, here's this. Yeah, like they yeah, just it was need like, to stop talking about stuff that it just feels like they're talking about stuff too early, and the project isn't managed. One hundred percent. It is capitalizing, in my opinion, it is capitalizing on the momentum of an announcement, and then saying it's. Kojima and Konami parting ways and Sony being like, Kojima's making a game for us and it's going to be awesome and it's four years away. Yeah. EA gets Star Wars license. EA starts, everyone now works on Star Wars and they're like, all right, this is what we're doing. We're all, we're going to have so much Star Wars for you. And like none of it was ready. And Mm. I imagine the scope of it probably ballooned too far out of hand and you know well that was that was schreier's report was that it was gonna the scope of it was huge and it was going to take a very long time and they wanted something turned around more quickly so that makes sense i mean yeah if you have like a 10-year period and you're six years already into it you're running out of time if you're trying to get within that period mm -hmm. and so i could see them being worried about that as well especially if like next gen's coming up and then you have to keep that in mind for development And I'm sure there's a lot of complexities there that we can't know, but ultimately we all know it's just super disappointing to see them keep shutting down these games that seem really cool and for very curious reasons. Oh, I like to I, – I, I'm fascinated by the, the business side of the games industry, even though, again, I don't fully understand it sitting here as right. a media guy, but the, the, the idea of it interests me. And so that sort of led me to think, <clears throat> well, okay, uh, I'm not an EA shareholder because, number one, I'm – not allowed to be. I work You're here. Not? You didn't. No. Oh, full disclosure. Not. A, <laughs> I am not a shareholder. But, but no. If you if you are a shareholder at EA, maybe and let's say a major shareholder. I'm pissed. Is there a point where their stock's really bad right now? Where you have to start. You have to look at this and go. Look, I'm invested in this company. Uh, the Star Wars deal sounded great for me because. Star Wars games would sell huge. Oh my God, you're going to make so make much me money. more money as a shareholder. Uh, and not, you know, two games and a mobile project have have come out of it six years in. If I'm a shareholder, I got to feel like there there might come a point very soon where they start really holding the executive team. I'm talking CEO on down. Some point, very of- accountable. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you guys, what are you doing? Some sort of vote of no confidence. Yeah, kind of thing. I don't yeah, know I'm what not, the business not, term is. I'm not calling Chancellor Valorum. Yeah, I'm not right, calling for. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm very not, on topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling for anybody to get fired or lose their job, but I'm just saying, if I would think a major shareholder and a group of them would would start to think that, like, hey, what the heck is is Andrew Wilson and this executive team doing? I mean, yeah, it gets into the unknowables, right? Like, what goes on behind those scenes? We don't know. Yeah, is it, is it the from the executive level? I don't. 
Maybe they're going scorched earth and going to rebuild from the start. Yeah, but they don't have the time. They got four years. Yeah, and the worrying thing too is like that they're trying to scale it back a whole lot. It's like, what does that mean for it being a game? Like, what does that look like? Mm. And if you're just trying to rush something out because you're trying to pick up these pieces and say, well, we have to mesh all these together and make it a thing. Yeah. Like, I feel bad, of course, for like the developers. I mean, they're working so hard on this, I'm sure, and I'm I can't imagine like how frustrating it would be for this project to keep getting like reshuffled no so much mm-hmm. and just. Like already you have the pain of that whole team being lost at visceral and then like this is what's happening next with it. And yeah, I think just, I think best case scenario. Yeah, I agree with you. I think best case scenario, you've got four years to make that Star Wars game that you've been trying to make for next gen consoles and you end on a high you end that licensing deal on a high note with a big successful next gen launch title. But in the interim, you've gotten I assume there's going to be another Battlefront game and you've got Jedi Fallen Order and maybe another mobile game. So yeah, I mean it's uh, first of all if you're if you're Disney, I don't know, but if you're Disney, I would think you're looking at this going, no way am I re-upping this deal. Yeah, no chance am I re-upping this deal if I'm Disney. Um, I think they take I, th- I think they take the Marvel approach after this. After this ten year run is done, I think they're like, who wants to make a Star Wars game? Bring me your best ideas. Case by case basis. Bring yeah. me a, a a list of needs, and we'll talk money. I'm really curious to see if Disney ever says anything about like what their expectations were for this because yeah, it's, it's been six years and we have technically three games and then another one on the way that seems like a lot, but like I was just looking at and like how many studios does EA have under their belt? They have 19 studios and granted those other studios are working on their own projects. Like they have things to do, but it's just curious to see how maybe some of those smaller support studios aren't like working on their own little project or or getting creative in some sort of way with this property, right? Like, it's just curious yeah. to see. And, like, I wonder what the expectations were from Disney. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I saw... Because what if they didn't expect, like, eight games? Expected, like a, like, a handful? I mean, here we are complaining because we see the side and we're coming from a different perspective. But maybe from the business side, this is not the worst. I think maybe... Like maybe this isn't this isn't a worst-case scenario yeah, not, for Yeah, not to play, like... I'm just like questioning that necessarily that I think this is right. I think if they're seeing trying to solve why it's happening, right? If you're you're seeing this game being canceled multiple times, if I were in charge of this, I would be concerned. But I'm not too sure again what the expectations were for this partnership. It's fair. I bet we get a Battlefront three. Well, yeah. sure, absolutely. Little doubt about that. I'm, I'm almost sure of it. Yeah, I mean, just considering the the schedule of how fast they seem to make those games, I mean, but. The thing is, is like I, to speak speaking to your point, like as us who like like video games and love playing video games and love playing Star Wars video games, I don't think it's necessarily so much about the quantity of it. It's just yeah. what have we gotten out of this, right? Or, and granted, that sounds a little disingenuous because we have zero input mm-hmm. on this. You know, EA can make whatever EA wants to make, but like as fans of great video games and fans of what we know EA can do when they deliver on something. Um, the 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 stakes not not the stakes but like the 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 thought of what a Star Wars game from EA could have been is not what we've kind of seen so far and not to take anything away from Battlefront two like that was no, that was a great fun experience it was a very very good game that got mired bogged down in a in a, yes a, a, a yep. microtransaction and there's some thing de- of their own doing development but- issues and like the scale and scope of that thing as well right was was back and forth but also worth mentioning we had a friend that worked on the game. Transparency. Yes. So. Right. Mitch worked on that game. Um, 
but it it it, it just kind of begs the question like where could we be by now you know yeah i mean it's so like caveat so much easier to say this yes and actually absolutely. do it absolutely. but like uh, I'll give credit. Uh, Victor Lucas is a longtime games media guy. He's yeah. a great guy. He tweet had this great idea that he, he tweeted. I was like, oh, wouldn't it have been great to have a uh, like a smaller scale project? Like you remember uh, like Super Star Wars for the Super Nintendo? Like uh, uh, an ep- no, Alex. <laughs> I don't. You don't? No. We'll go back and look it up. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there well, were some, like, there were some explain, great what is it? there were some great 16-bit era like side-scrolling oh, okay. Okay. Star Wars games for the for the Super Nintendo. I remember. You know, Ryan. thank you. Do you remember? I think I've seen stuff from it because I've done projects on like Empire. Star Wars games before. So anyway, yeah, I, think, Vic, I know what you're Vic about. had Don't suggested, oh, wouldn't it have been cool to get like <laughs> episode seven, eight, nine sort of spiritual oh, yeah. sequels to those done by small teams where they could have put them out on all platforms: Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, Mobile, PC. You know. Small scale stuff like that, and then I mean, of course, on up to. Hey, you, you, I know this is, again so much easier said than done, but maybe Dragon Age could have gotten set aside, and they could have had Bioware make Knights of the Old Republic three. Yeah, mm. so much easier maybe said they than did. done. But I mean, yeah, it <laughs> kind of sounds like it. Like they wanted that Uncharted Star Wars game, and and then they didn't. And then they didn't. And they didn't. But yeah, it's uh, it's a shame. Yeah, hopefully. There is a lot of reason to be optimistic about about Jedi Fallen Order, which is presumably out this holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, I think you're totally right, Destin. I think Battlefront Three is, if not this holiday, also then presumably next year because it's mm-hmm. they've gone alternating years uh, because that's that's one team that's a team at Dice, yeah, uh, Battlefield and Battlefront, and this would be a Battlefront year. But yeah, I do kind of wonder with Fallen Order coming out, maybe you. Might Put another year in a battlefront. Exactly. Well, maybe it's a launch for the next. Next. That's console. entirely possible. Mm-hmm. That could be too. Yeah, that is Star Wars entirely Battlefront possible. Three, a better campaign. I mean, remember Bigger. how how stunningly good did did Battlefront <laughs> One look when it came out? Yeah, you know, we we're yeah. like it and from it demoed reveal, really well. It yeah, so it fun. looked amazing. So yeah, imagine yeah. the dice going to work on the yeah. new consoles. That'd I could be, see that too because like it, cool. Anytime you do a sequel, like you want to add something new that, that yeah. you haven't done before. I'm not sure what else you could add to Battlefront Two. Uh, without like getting down into the nitty gritty and like really like designing new stuff, I think they had a, a lot of mistakes as far as its multiplayer went yeah. in execution. So I think that's going to be the big room for improvement, <laughs> even though they like step back yeah. and change things. But yeah. you know, yeah. so there you go. It's a lot of Star Wars. That is the latest yeah. on uh, on EA and Star Wars. Meanwhile, Brandon Tyrell, big update hey. for Sea of Thieves. Yeah, this week, uh, uh, and it's a, it's a, a really interesting. They've kind of, in a way, literally rebuilt the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's most literal bite bite b y t e size level. Yeah, so weird and cool. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. Um, they are they they you just totally threw my train of thought <laughs> off with that bite comment. Do you need help? Uh, no, they are reoptimizing the game and like the way it, it's it's. Um, basically the way it's installed and loaded. So um, what that means is that the install size is... Going way down. Yeah, going way, way, way down. But it does require you to uh, reinstall the game. So uh, with this new update that I think comes out Wednesday, right? Next Wednesday? Uh, Yes. Probably by the time people hear this. (laughs) Yes. Or at least very soon. Um, You're going to uh, to have to go ahead and re-download it and reinstall, but at half the size or so, or close to it um 
Shouldn't yeah, be that. T- uh, ten gigabytes. Shouldn't be that big of a deal on Xbox One and Xbox One S versus the thirty-five it was. And then if you're you've got those higher res textures on there for Xbox One X, it was a forty-seven gigabyte game and will now be a twenty-five gigabyte game. And basically the same thing on PC, twenty-seven yeah. gigs. So PC uh, under half, and it makes sense because um, best to do this now, get it out of the way. See if Thieves is going to get twice as big as it was last year this year and the year after that it'll be twice as big as it was this year so this game is just increasing in size and at some point you're going to have to do this or it's going to balloon and now seems like a good yeah good a time as any joe neat the executive producer uh in fact basically saying just that explained that this new version is necessary Mm -hmm. to keep the overall size of the game from spiraling out of control with subsequent updates and will allow rare to be able to generate and transfer new builds of the game more quickly (laughs) in the future so um it's a good thing he also said that um if you're playing sea of thieves and you run into cheaters that they are also working on that they banned a bunch of players that were caught cheating um, and they are still taking steps to make that process better so that's good if you cheat you're going to get caught and you're not going to be able to sail the sea of thieves anymore whose footage is this it's it's ign ed the account yeah Yeah. (laughs) who cheats and like sea of thieves is the most fun social like what kind of what kind of complete and utter lack of (laughs) self-confidence oh that door just the bad Ryan, pirates. Ryan, that is a whole topic. <laughs> the extra bad pirates. Oh, it's PC. It's probably Duggan. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. This, no, no, oh, Duggan's okay. not cheating. I was it's like, his, wow. Gameplay. It's his gameplay, I think. Looking for in-depth discussions about the process of making video games from the very people who actually make them? Then IGN is happy to present Starburns Audio's upcoming podcast, Humans Who Make Games. Hosted by comedian and Adam Ruins Everything star Adam Conover, Humans Who Make Games offers insight into the origins of games like Spelunky, Binding of Isaac, and more from the people who made them. The first episode will be with Binding of Isaac developer Edmund McMillan. Stay tuned for more from Humans Who Make Games on IGN, and be sure to subscribe to the show's Apple podcast feed for new episodes as they debut. Public beta on the way for the for the Division Two, which Brandon, I feel like it's a game that hasn't been talked about a ton yet. They've seems like they've started to ramp up the the publicity on it. Where there's like a new trailer this yeah. week, and a, we had a preview go up. Uh, but that game's two months away. That's kind of been Ubisoft's approach last couple of years: is announce when you're ready, go quiet, and then a couple months before launch, you really ramp up the marketing campaign. I'm surprised we haven't seen more from this though, because. <clears throat> based on everything that they say that they're doing, uh, you know, like we, we went into the IGN first on the first division mm-hmm. and really like dove really, really deep into that one. It came out, um, it had some problems at launch uh, that Ubisoft pretty quickly corrected. Yeah, the, the amount of support after launch on that game was was actually very impressive. And the game was, I would say, v- extremely popular. It was a really hot game for a good couple months there. Right. It has a good loop. I have like... Yeah. A ton of game time in Division Two. I was surprised when I booted up my Xbox and saw Division, Division, how much, Division, Division well. One. Sorry, <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I was surprised to see how much game time I had in in it. And uh, I don't know. They haven't been talking too much about Division Two. I think this is my gameplay from E3. I don't know, but I played through all the different perspectives mm-hmm. when we were at E3, and man, it really gets its hooks in you really quick because yeah. it has this really good. Uh, loop of going into these mini missions and they sort of culminate in a really uh, dramatic ending where you have to fend off an area or something and mm. I, I had a lot a lot of fun with that. This this can't be your footage you just missed. You, <laughs> oh it's definitely Aww. not mine. You never so missed. Polite. 
Um, yeah, Doing like okay now, give me a break. <laughs> with it, with any game as a service, right? It's really about that loop, and mm-hmm. and yeah. it's more importantly, it's about that loop at the end of the game. Like yeah. once yes. you get there, what keeps you playing? Yeah. Um, the Division Two kind of faltered in that Division One, the original Division. Yeah. <laughs> It didn't have a good loot game. Oh. It didn't have a good loot game. The is at, it Friday? At first, it like a Friday. Yeah, it, maybe <laughs> the 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 raid thing that they promised was just sort of eh. They yeah. banned a bunch of people because they were like farming using this method where you yeah. could farm like credits. And I forgot and about it that. Just, yeah. So like the whole thing, it just they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Glossing over all that yeah. though, the post-launch support for that game was was pretty stellar. Yeah, but then mm-hmm. they started to garner a new audience when they released those things like the survival mode right. and the other things I can't remember the name of. They were apparently really good. <laughs> apparently yeah. really good. <laughs> I, uh, I dropped it super quick. I yeah. just couldn't get into it. I did the yeah. main campaign. And I got to I the end. I did. I got to max level, did some Dark Zone stuff. Yeah. But I'm did like, you review it? No, no, I didn't review it. Um, I believe Vince in Genito reviewed okay. it. He did. Um, I did the IGN first, though. That's so I, mm-hmm. I felt very, like, anytime you do an IGN, like, anytime you spend a month profiling a game you want it to succeed and you want it to do well and so i played a lot of it but i got to that point of of life cycle in a game as service game where now i am fighting rng for the best drop yeah the best in slot gun the best in slot piece of gear um and there's just too much else to do especially in this industry right but there's we live in a a day and age where like if i am not having a blast every day there's another game i could be playing yeah if it's not solid your friends have dropped off it's too easy to yeah. move on. Well, you've got another shot here, or the division is hey. going to take another Ooh. shot. The gameplay loop's really good. We we actually didn't talk too much about the the public beta and what to expect in there. They're doing the dark zone different. Yeah. They're having different types of dark zone now. They're, they're multiple. They're doing a, yeah. yeah, they're doing a multiple multiplayer type service now, and they have regular old dark zone where you can go in and fight each other. Yeah, you can also play as like three different classes. Is that correct, Brandon? Like you can play, you can play normal. You can play uh, renegade or something. I I don't want to say anything because I didn't write down any notes before coming in. But they they've really really changed it. Definitely check out their initial reveal for how they're revamping the dark zone. Yeah, that, definitely that, has me uh, intrigued. That beta, this is the whole reason we're talking about this, is going to launch. Uh, it's going to go from February seventh through the tenth. Mm-hmm. So it is coming up fairly soon after the open anthem beta. You can play. The Division 2 beta. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. this one, so it's players gain access to the beta by pre-ordering the game or by registering for limited spaces mm. through the Division's website. Mm. Um, this I don't know anything, but well, that's how you get usually what that, what, how that goes is they, they try to make it an exclusive come and get it thing, and then by the last couple days of it, they open oh, up. They, they open up but again, I don't know anything. I'm just mm. telling you what, Good news, what history suggests. We've decided to open the flood. Yeah. Um, say what you say what you will or, or whatever your thoughts are about Ubisoft. They know how to support a game. Um, and they showed that with Division One. So I'm really and Rainbow Six Siege and, and For oh, Honor yeah. and yeah, uh, I'm really really curious to see what uh, you know de facto post launch support looks like as a new game now. You know, because like, we haven't seen a Rainbow Six Siege two, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen a For Honor two yet. True. So this is the first like game as a service game we're getting a sequel for from Ubisoft, so I'm really curious to see what mm. all that sort of post-launch discipline looks like in a new game. I want to see the world where Destiny, Anthem, and Division are all in the same space and see who ends out on top because it's going to be a real intriguing time through, when does this come out? March? This yeah, this, March. this is March. and Anthem's it's, February. Yeah, so, so they're exactly one month apart. Anthem's February 15th. Yeah. Anybody who's like super... 25th? 
It, well, it, it's 22nd early technically, access. but yeah. you get it a week early if yeah, you yeah. <laughs> are an Origin Premier member or if I feel bad about talking about Anthem in a division spot. But yeah. <laughs> if you're an Origin Premier member or if you pre-order, I believe, you get it a week early. So it effectively comes yeah. out the 15th. Yeah, and then division comes out about one month later and sometime. This is interesting mm-hmm. because one month of Anthem might be enough to get you to a point where you're like, okay, I'm now at Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's smart of Ubisoft. Once you're at Endgame and Anthem, you're like, hey, let's check out the Division 2. Yeah. Then you do that. Then you get to Endgame and Division 2. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, you're just going to be going back and <laughs> yeah, forth as right. they release new content. Yeah, I right? feel like both mm-hmm. of those kinds of games, are, they're wildly different. So, And then Destiny. Destiny has their annual content. pass. Destiny will also be releasing their spring update to whatever that is going to be. I believe it's more focused on gambit or something. I can't remember. Season of the Drifter, I think, the is X-Men? the next one. I don't remember. Um, there anyway. will... <laughs> I, what I'm really curious about is the monetization structure of these games as service games. Because Anthem yeah. isn't going to, from what Bioware has told us, and, and we went up there and talked to them, yeah. they are not charging for anything. They have built Anthem from the ground up so that they just hit a bunch of le- uh, levers and dials on a computer and change everything in the game um, if they want to. Like one so day, how are they monetizing it? Cosmetics? Exactly. Cosmetics, as yeah. yeah. Cosmetics, and then theoretically at some point in the future, they could decide to maybe potentially release new javelins that aren't right. going to be critical to the content to play, but like give you another option to play it. Um, but I'm curious to see if anybody goes paid, paid expansions. I'm curious to see where that puts them in line with the other two. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's going to be really, it's going to be a really interesting year. It is yeah. for sure. Good time to be a fan of shared world shooters, I guess. Yeah. Duggan, this yeah, is 2019. Crew. It's coming up. <laughs> Duggan just for you. Uh, and the last story I want to get to already like 45 minutes into the show I, I wish Jonathan Dornbush were here, but this is still fun. Uh, I'm a big Disneyland fan. A hotel at Tokyo Disney is being given a temporary Kingdom Hearts 3 makeover. So I think we might have to send Miranda out I want to go. <laughs> I want to go to well. so, so The Disney Ambassador Hotel at the Tokyo Disney Resort is making over a number of its rooms with a Kingdom Hearts theme. Guests will be given special room keys in the shape of Sora's Keyblade to get in and out. Uh, Incredible. You'll get... You'll get uh, two sets of keyblades and postcards as a memento when you check out. Um, the, the headboards, tables, artwork on the walls all feature characters and themes from the series. It's a four hundred twenty-five dollar a night room, Miranda. So it's go not for two cheap. nights. <laughs> it's not cheap, but it's, or, uh, it's kind of about in line with Disney pricing. Yeah, but say um, that's that's all you get vacation for the next few years. <laughs> that's all, but it'll be very special. I think if I were to do that, I would just stay in the room. It's like I'm not leaving unless it comes you're not even going to the, You're not even going no, to the park? You know, you can see, oh, yeah, Disney World. All right, just going to turn back in here and enjoy this nice room. <laughs> so reasonable. I'm glad it's reasonably priced for an experience like this. <laughs> you could just bring your Xbox with Kingdom Hearts That's 3 and play, it from, play the game inside the hotel room. It's like, okay, you get caught up with all the Kingdom Hearts games. And then you, you pack up your Xbox, you just head out to that hotel, and you're like, this is the true experience to celebrate, the finally, the release of Kingdom Hearts 3. That's how, that's how you do it. The only time I've ever stayed at a Hotel <laughs> Disney, there was one year when IGN, still owned by Fox, I think, for some reason, we went to Tokyo Game Show, and they're like, there are no hotels left anywhere, we have to put you up at Disney. <laughs> I did that one year, too. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. <laughs> uh, 
but and also inconvenient. Yeah, <laughs> you had to go through it, Disney very every day. Very inconvenient because you like you get on the the Disneyland tram to the get monorail. On the yeah, monorail. So, monorail. Get on the subway. I can just picture you lugging you to, gear yeah. on a duck through. It was a nightmare. Oh my goodness. Through Tokyo Disney yeah. so, on the monorail. Oh my god. You're exhausted I, after TGS because like yeah. that show gets very so busy. Good. Yeah. And then you go home. And you're like, all right, I just I just want to go lay down. And then you have to get on this other little the little yeah. monorail, and it's just playing Disney music on repeat. <laughs> all these kids are super excited. And you're like, guys, I can't handle this energy. Yeah. <laughs> And then you put and your gear away, and then you go to Disney, and then yeah, you're then good. you go to Disney, and yeah. you forget your tired. Yeah, great. so it's the best. Uh, anyway, yeah, this sounds neat. Sorry. Oh, uh, they're aren't they doing um something like this for Star Wars, but not a limited time thing, but here uh, for so in Florida, yeah. at Disney World, not Disneyland in California. Yeah, it's that was part of the whole uh, when they made the big announcement about the mm-hmm. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the the new land, the new mm-hmm. actually area of the park. That's coming to both Disneyland and Disney World. So mm-hmm. they are building a Star Wars themed hotel that is apparently. They said it's 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 literally you are LARPing. It, <laughs> oh no, I'm serious. Apparently oh, the windows. That. So what, you just can't hit anything with your blasters. <laughs> <laughs> the the windows like it. Uh, oh, the windows are covered up, and they'll have a thing where it looks like you're looking out into space, and like all the animated. I don't know. Like they're gonna, Ryan, I tell me the details. They're going to try and fool you into thinking you're. In space. Uh, and then I guess all the staff is completely... Yeah. Like, they're, they're characters. Mm-hmm. They're Star Wars, you know, not like Luke or Leia or anything like that, but just, you know, they're, they're, in, they're in character the whole time. And I guess all the rooms are just completely... Everything's all themed out <clears throat> in Star Wars, and it's like it, it sounds like an absolutely insane, immersive Star Wars experience. That's going to be booked up forever. Forever. You will never be able to get a room, and I'm sure it'll be very expensive. But if you manage to go, I feel like that would be something that's cool. I could see a lot of people saying, like, oh, that's a waste of money. But I'm like, no, this is like a... Like a strange experience that you can, yeah, you go once and then like you've got it. And yeah. it's probably really cool, especially if you like love stars or in this case with, with the Kingdom Hearts rooms, like it's, if you love Kingdom Hearts, I think those things are just so nice for like the super fans. It's just mm. like, yeah, such a unique thing to do. Yeah. The Star Wars Hotel will probably make the $425 a night Kingdom Hearts room <laughs> look like a bargain. Yeah. By comparison. <laughs> I, that's, that's the thing is like, these things are really cool. I just like, you really got to put the effort in to make it worth that experience. Oh, right? for sure. Like if they're just gonna change, if they're just gonna change the art on the walls and then change the key cards for the Kingdom Hearts thing, like is that worth four hundred twenty five dollars? Yeah, some things will do that. Sometimes I don't know. I have to see photos of this, but it sounds pretty neat. Uh, I know Japan also does like a lot of themed things, like they'll yes. do cafes and stuff, and those are just so fun. Got and on. usually the food can be pretty good too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. They're just they're just fun to go to. Good stuff. Uh, and finally, that, that game, you'll be talking about that game on this show in like a week or two. Maybe. It's finally coming out. I'm scared. I haven't finished. I haven't caught up yet. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's to, right. I might have to swap quest. out. Yeah. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on an adventure, and I can't, I can't jump in too early. All right. Let's do the loot box real quick. We are running out of time. Oh, yeah. But this is a great question from Kyle Rogers, who asks, if you could bring back any developer from the dead, which would it be? Uh, I'm going to start this because I got an old school PC answer, which I know I'll, I'll just put half the audience to sleep. But uh, my answer is absolutely looking glass. I equate them to the Beatles of video game developers. They were just made incredible stuff for a very short peak and then disbanded. And they've been very influential ever since. Everything, I mean, everything from Prey to the Bioshock series is absolutely a result of of Looking Glass. They made Thief, they made System Shock, they made Ultima Underworld. 
they've they did insane stuff. They had they had Doug Church, they had Ken Levine, they had Warren Spector. They had this like insane Paul Nurath, just this like Hall of Fame roster of of game developers. The super group. <laughs> yeah. So man, I would that would be really cool to see Looking Glass come back in this hypothetical situation. Because then maybe we could get like a proper new Thief game. I know we are getting a new System Shock 3 from Warren Spector and Paul Nurath, so that might be the mm-hmm. closest that I get. But good stuff. Looking Glass was cool. Destin? I'll go with Silicon Knights. They created Legacy of Kane. They tried something Ooh. with Two Human that was really interesting. Oh, Eternal nice. Darkness, my favorite yeah. GameCube game. Eternal Darkness. God, what a they, good answer. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to give it away before the show. Yeah, you were teasing it. Two Human yeah. could have been so good. <laughs> they have so much potential with the properties that they managed to create, and they're just sort of in the wind now, right? Yeah. And I believe they're defunct as of they're 2014 yeah, uh, because of the... Den- Dennis has, yeah. has since formed a couple of other companies, but yeah, they're Silicon Knights is long gone. Yeah, so I would love to see at least conceptually that team come back together and create something really amazing because the games that they were creating were cool. They were like on anything we had seen so before. Amy was- Henning on Blood Omen and or yeah. maybe she did she just do the legacy? She was Legacy of Kane, yeah. Just Soul Reaver? I'm so she did 100%. Soul Reaver forward because Blood Omen Legacy of Kane is the first in the series. Yeah, I'm not positive on that. But okay. so if if you could bring them back with your with your you know the genie with the, the mm-hmm. you've got the lamp, uh, <laughs> you can get that wish granted. Do you want do you want like two human two that we never got? Do you mm-hmm. want Eternal Darkness two or do you want them to just make something more new human than human with that group of people? <laughs> make something new that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, no that problem. Is, yeah, yeah, whip that that's right up. It, yeah, uh, but selfishly. Uh, Anybody, please bring bring back Legacy of Kane. Just remat. Just do a Resident Evil. Anybody treatment. and anyone. Sony's the bringing back Medieval. We can bring back Legacy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, just remake them. Did anyone ask for Di- Crash Team Racing Refueled? Yeah, no. right. Someone did. For so, sure. Probably Jonathan Dormush. <laughs> Miranda. That's yes, hello. I have two answers. I'll be pretty quick with them. First one kind of ties in with this episode is Visceral, of course. Mm. Um, both of mine are actually really recent. Um, with Visceral, obviously they did Dead Space. Um, they were working on the Star Wars game and Amy Henning. I, I was like, this is something that I really wanted to see fulfilled. And I was really curious to see where they're going to go with games going forward. Um, so it's really disappointing to see them gone. And I would like them to get their second chance next wind keep going i like it um and the next was telltale which i know was obviously very very recent um very tragic and that they were closed the way they were and like obviously a lot time like it was down to project management um which i think was really indicative of like the games that they came out with they were just kind of following the same formula not that the stories were all the same but you were never really surprised by anything they did after they kind of established what they did that's true that's fair and i would love to see someone with you know, new ideas coming in and saying, hey, this is how we're changing our formula or this is how we're evolving what we're doing. Because I think when you kind of just sit with something and get stagnant, that's when things get kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of potential for that studio to do some really cool things. But I don't think they were really given that opportunity to do it. I like it. that you took two Bay Area studios as well, yeah. keeping, it, keeping it home. Yeah. Brandon? Sorry, I, I know I know it's rude to be on my phone, but you actually reminded me of a developer that I thought would be really cool to bring back. Um they're not defunct. This isn't my answer. They're not defunct, okay. but uh, Raven Software, I wish they would go back. Oh, to they work game. on the Call of Duty map. I wish they would go back to making mm. Wolverine. That's a really good The Wolverine answer. video oh, they, game? They made a lot of stuff. So yeah. I I was a Raven super fan back in the day. Like I was. I, I, Madison, Wisconsin I was on, represent? Yeah, I was on a. I was on a <laughs> 
That's where they're based. That's I've never oh. heard anyone yeah. say before. No, yeah, I, I, I was. Uh, I've been there. I was on <laughs> like a, a Raven yep. fan site, like way back in the early internet days. I mean, yeah, you're Heretic. Yeah, Hexen. Uh, yeah. The a very underrated Heretic Two, which was a third person action game, whereas mm-hmm. Her- Her- the original Heretic was first person. Uh, Hexen Two was still really good. Of course, mm-hmm. Jedi Knight Two, one of the yeah. all-time great Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ra- Raven is. Uh, they had that's a strong. They had a lot of bangers before they started exclusively well, working they, on Activision buried them turned them into a support studio mm-hmm. um, my actual answer is I so there are a lot of studios that made games that I love that I would love to like god I want another game like I want another game in that series but I think looking at the studio as whole it would have to be either Sierra Mm. Or uh, Black Isle. And Black Isle sort of transitioned into Obsidian Games, which is, you know, what we have now that just got acquired by Microsoft. So very excited for more RPGs from them. But, like, man, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, I would have loved to see what that team was capable of sticking together. And Icewind Dale. Icewind Dale. Wait, yeah. was, that, was that Obsidian or that was, was, a, that, was that, that, was, Black that was Black Isle? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, no, Planescape Torment was Black Isle. Oh, you're sure. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Icewind Dale was was black. Uh, was um, Obsidian, but um, Plan- Planescape Torment was is one of the greatest role playing games of all time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, regarded as one of the best written, one of the, some of the best writing in any. That's the thing that ever. they do is like they tell stories in that sort of universe really well. But like Sierra and all of their Quest series, King's Quest, Space Quest, King's Quest, Space Quest, Police Quest, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, that other super famous series that they did, Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, no, King's um, not King's Quest. Not Leisure Suit Larry, although there's a place in my heart for that weird, little weirdo. The originals, the last couple. Uh, anyway, there's a lot of, and like all the developers that made the old school gold box CRPGs, like, ugh, I love all of those so much. Stuff. That's, um, so, I also just wanted to throw out Blitz Games. Sorry to interrupt, but they made Fusion Frenzy, and the second one was not the same. So <laughs> if they can make another. They also made a Barbie horse adventure game. People really like those. It was like <laughs> that legendary was, original <laughs> Xbox game, right? Yeah. There. Yeah, so that it's was not a, Fusion Frenzy, one of the first games you could play on Xbox Live. Yeah, it was such a special game to me. Still is to this day, so... Like that was my other one that I forgot to shout out that I was like, oh. it was, right. it was like a futuristic anyway. Mario Party kind of. Right? So yeah. good. Let's uh, let's do the unlock block trivia challenge real quick. Again, yeah, the year yeah, is young. Fine. We gotta we, we only gotta have, make it happen here. We only so, have one. Oh, this guy has the best Sorry, gamer I got, gamer I, tag I've ever seen. So Chris, whose gamer tag is <laughs> dude large pants, <laughs> asks which two thousand four. <laughs> 2004 original Xbox game uh, featured the voice acting of Gwen Stefani, she of no doubt at the time, only to see her replaced just prior to the game's release. So was did Gwen Stefani voice, but not ultimately voice, Malice, Phantom Dust, The Herbs, Sims in the City, and yes, that is a real game, or Blinks 2, Masters of Time and Space? I happen to know this one. You really? Yeah, this one, uh, s- s- old trivia that still exists in my brain. Does <laughs> anybody know this? Destin thinks he knows, so I'm going to go Miranda's way first. I don't think I know, but I think C would be the... The herbs? I'm going with. Yeah. Okay. Brandon? Yeah, it's, it feels like a, a move EA would do back then. Big name star. A Malice. Destin. It's Malice. It is oh. Malice. Was that the Alice in Wonderland one? It was no. the one where she had a big hammer. Okay. And it was terrible. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Three-way yeah. tie here early in the year. All Everybody right. on the board I, with a point. I like that. I was sense? rooting for Malice, but it turned out to be a dud. And <laughs> I remember following all the stories. So, yeah, they, and I was a big No Doubt fan back in the day. Yeah. If uh, <laughs> Like their music. Don't speak. Uh, they had a big... Walking in the spider web. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they had a big statue of Alice uh, with her butcher knife covered in blood on her apron in their atrium cafe. That was uh, are you t- you're talking about uh, Alice? Uh, Alice, yeah, American McGee's Alice now. Oh, totally different. yeah, but it's a different one. Not malice, Alice. Ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got it way off then. Anyway, I Brandon accidentally one. got it right. <laughs> uh, we Story got it in the road life. here. So if uh, mm-hmm. if you would like to participate in either the loot box or the unlocked block trivia challenge. Email us at unlocked at IGN.com. You know what to do. Get those four multiple choice answers for the trivia. Note the correct one. And with your loot box, just send in a cool question for us or about games or, or whatever you want to talk about. Uh, I'm uh, Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Please join us next week uh, on, let's see, this isn't going to air till Tuesday. So yes. Thursday, on Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, oh, we, yeah. are, we have the world premiere live stream with bioware will be here uh we will be streaming that with them so get your first look at the upcoming demo for anthem right here with us on ign.com or our youtube or twitch whatever whatever place you want to watch it at but that's going to be super exciting i'm looking forward to it and yeah we're gonna have fun destin yeah uh follow me on twitter at destin gary on twitch twitch.tv slash the destin channel brandon uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell, just my name. Uh, next week, we have a lot of cool stuff coming, um, a lot of Anthem-focused stuff. We're still doing our Anthem IGN first. Uh, I'm going to be, yeah, we can talk about that. I have a big preview going up next week, so uh, you can check that out as well. Nice. Miranda, take us home. Yes, and you can follow me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with the K on Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. Love it. All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, hope you're having an excellent week, and we will see you next week. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.